0: Joining me today is the CEO of my SEO sucks, Chris Portios. Chris started his career working in business and finance analysis at Goldman Sachs and a hedge fund and at a hedge fund. But his passion lies in automation, and at My SEO Sucks, he focuses on building sales funnels and marketing workflow solutions to help his clients. And like me, he's a huge basketball fan. Well, thanks a lot for joining me, Chris. Uh, it was great to to finally meet you, and I'm glad that you're on our show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Perfect. So, what I'm gonna usually start off with is uh, you know. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, where you're at today, and how did you start uh your career
1: yeah, absolutely. um like most people, I had no idea you know five years ago that I would be in the marketing space um even in university, I kind of didn't really enjoy it. I was more on the finance side i kind of you know I took a few marketing courses um because I had to, not because I wanted to yeah um but yeah, here I am today running a, you know a fast scaling SEO agency in, in Toronto.
0: So what's your background? Did you go to school, uh, like I mentioned in business finance, but, um, I know there's certain courses that you took, but why transition? Like what really got you going here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my background, um, I went to Laurier for business and then had a specialty in finance. Okay. And had a great co op experience. I worked at uh, Goldman Sachs for eight months uh, back in 2009, I believe. Okay. I think oil was at like $150 a barrel and, and the markets were down about 60%. Um, it was a crazy time. Like, there, you know, I'd walk into the office. Um, there would be just, you're looking around, there'd just be uh, pink slips kind of on people's uh, desks. And you're know, like, oh, no, it's going to be one of those days again. Um, so that was a really fun time kind of being in the industry then. Um, you know, my next co-op term UBS, again, another, another great one, great bank, great place to work. Um, graduated, I did a kind of like an internship at a, at a hedge fund. Um, and that manager there still, you know, helps me today with providing feedback, advice, um, helping me kind of mentor me and, um, help grow my firm. Uh, yeah, then kind of, I was in the securitization space, um, you know, did a lot of auto loans, credit cards. Uh, things along those lines. And an opportunity came up. Um, I was also on the side, I had a cardboard furniture business, okay. which was a really interesting one. And uh, we grew that. We did kind of work for um, the CRA, which is the, okay. you know, can revenue agency. We did work for stats can. Um, we had the Pan Am games here in, in Toronto. We supplied a lot of material and um, furniture for that. So kind of all over the place, and I I really enjoyed that. And uh, one of my uh, friends was asking me if I wanted to um, handle the SEO for this kind of large law firm in in Toronto. I looked at the opportunity. I thought it was awesome, a great way to kind of further develop my marketing skills. Um, And with SEO, it's very technical. Um, You can scale up a lot of those processes. And so I took that position, and from there I kind of grew into an agency that um, now we service about uh, 40 45 clients, Um, we have a fairly large team really kind of focused now on, you know, the technology side of it with, we, you know, we use some machine learning, a little bit of AI, we built our own proprietary systems and software. So yeah, a bit of a journey, Um, you know, 10 years ago, myself, you know, if I was telling myself I'd be in, you know, SEO digital marketing, I would have laughed, but uh, here we are and I absolutely love it. And, you know, every day is a new challenge.
0: Oh that's awesome, so growing up did you uh like have any mentors or did you wanna be a business owner kinda um, you
1: know any dreams of being that
0: or what did you wanna do growing up
1: oh yeah i look uh I look back and you know i i would have no matter what happened, I probably would have found myself in the same position as a as a business owner um you know I shouldn't say this maybe on the podcast but uh when I was younger, I think it was maybe 12 or 13 years old, Um, you know, I had a paper route. And I used that money to buy a a CD burner. Okay. So it's one of the I was probably one of the first in in uh, the neighborhood who had a CD burner. Uh, If you guys remember, you know, the PlayStation games and Napster and everything. um, I think that was my first stint um, on the entrepreneurial side. Um, And then with that, I use some of that money. And I bought uh, my built my first computer, um, built a website, and I started selling uh, computers online. You could go in, you could pick all the, you know, everything you wanted, customize it, check out. And then I would bike to the computer shop, buy all the parts. And then I would mail it to them. Um, So I was always kind of doing these entrepreneurial ventures. I think now it's, it's turned into something serious and much larger. But I've been doing this since I've been about 12 years old.
0: That's amazing. Um, Very similar to myself. So I, I was in Paper Root boy when I was nine years old. Um, And really just, I think that really started everything. So there's always a a story behind how entrepreneurs begin. And typically when it usually starts when they're young, right? And you don't even know that you want to become like that um, until later on in life, right? Um, So that's amazing. So growing up, um, I guess, did you have any mentors or people that you kind of looked up to, uh, throughout this journey that you're on in terms of, cause for me, it looks like you're fairly young. You're probably in your early thirties, if not still in your twenties. And <laughs> um, I seems like you're just starting off. So, um, h- how did you transition? And did you actually have people that you looked up to?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, after, so in my fourth year of university, i had a finance blog called derailed capitalism and it would focus on a lot of macro you know canadian economic views i would you know i'd also look at maybe the the federal reserve bank of japan what they're doing um and as a result one hedge fund manager messaged me or he posted a comment we started chatting and he brought me on as an intern i focused on the japanese yen and And what was going on um, in japan at the time Uh, they had a new prime minister uh, a new bank chairman so things were changing there i spent a lot of time researching building this report Um, and then that hedge fund manager he's kind of my mentor now and he's been helping me through this journey Um, he's a lot of experience on the business side setting me up with the right like legal team the right finance team um, helping me get all the right structures in place so we can really grow scale and, you know, ultimately position the business for an exit. So we chat every, you know, month or two. And he's been very, you know, inspirational, helping me kind of take this business to the next level. Um, and that's, that's someone, you know, directly in my life who's, you know, really had an impact. Um, and then on the digital marketing side, one of the main guys I follow is uh, Russ Perry on, uh, from Design Pickle. And really learning from him, how can you take a traditional service model and productize it, which is, you know, been a lot of work on its own. Um, As you know, in the SEO space, it's very difficult. It's very hands-on. It's very technical. Um, Every business is different. So how can you build these standardized practices to really scale up?
0: That's amazing, man. Um, You know, the thought process behind an entrepreneur. Is completely different than the average you know employee, right, so what goes on in your mind is completely different, and how you think so far ahead versus someone that's just doing it just to survive right, and that's completely different. I love stories like that right um so in terms of like um the, is this your first kind of entrepreneur like business that you started or has there been others? Cause I know you mentioned, you know, that computer stuff, the burner, um, but like the real business side of things, like my SEO sucks. Is that your first foray of um,
1: business? Um, no, it would be our second business. Our first one, again, I, I mentioned it a bit earlier in the podcast, but uh, it was called Our Paper Life. And we produced cardboard furniture products. Okay. Yes. Um, again, I, I don't know how I got into that. Yeah. It was... It just kind of happened organically there, um, but it was a really cool idea the way and the way i think i'm I'm very macro focused as you can tell, like you know working at the hedge fund focusing on country level risk versus individual stocks and equities and bonds um, but I, we saw a huge you know opportunity here where material costs were rising, shipping costs were getting very expensive, and people are especially millennials becoming much more environmentally conscious and they're kind of more aware not just of how much does a specific product maybe impact the environment, but that um, complete cycle. And with cardboard furniture, it's a, a material resource that's extremely abundant in Canada, very low cost, and the manufacturing process is very clean. You're basically running a sheet of cardboard through, uh, you know, a machine that's, that's turning, cuts out the design. Uh, we can fold it, package it. It's you know three or four pounds, and we shift it to the end user. And we could produce desks and shelves for you know, $20, $25 um, shipped.
0: So is that business still around? Or uh, we, sold that, we sold that business.
1: Okay. Uh, one of our business partners um, ended up buying us out. He was very passionate about it. He was, uh, he was an architect, and he did a great job designing these products. And, and for us, I think we got as much as we could out of it. Um, gotcha. we, we pivoted more to the B2B side yep. and started producing um, large scale orders and custom orders for enterprises and governments kind of across, across North America there. And it was a great, honestly, it was a, it was a great, you know, first business. We learned so much, um, well, I'm still learning today, but it was a great way to kind of jump in and I would say kind of like almost like a low risk, um, venture as it wasn't too capital intensive That's and it was a very creative idea that was easy to sell for the most part.
0: So in terms of like this, uh, SEO journey that you're in, uh, is it just yourself or did you work alongside someone to get started?
1: Uh, I worked alongside someone to get started. Um, he's, he's a great guy. He actually has a, he had a book that just came out. Um, a few days ago, he has a podcast, his brand is growing. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to start the business, you know, without him. Um, getting off the ground—it's—it's it's really tough nowadays to, you know, have a solo founder type business. Um, so much that goes into it—you know, just from you know, the marketing strategy, branding, operations, account management, you know, finance, everything else. Um, then you have like HR issues, hiring resources, et cetera, et cetera. Like the list never ends. So it's very difficult to kind of um, be a solo founder and be successful. I mean, with the exception of if you're experienced in the space, you raise capital um, things along those lines and, and can hire. But yeah, the two of us, we work side by side. We kind of, we grew the business. And then, um, recently we, he wanted to focus more on his, um, his writing and his career on that side. He's still an entrepreneur building, you know, building that up. And then I really wanted to focus on, on the business side here at my CO sucks.
0: Gotcha. That's awesome. So, um, Let me talk about like some of the challenges that you've kind of faced because as an entrepreneur uh, It's never as easy as it sounds, right? Everyone always sees you as The business owner, you know successful and whatnot So can you tell me some of the the things that you kind of had to endure to get to where you are today? Um, Maybe you know some examples or some of the challenges mistakes that you've made
1: over the years. Oh We've made (laughs) we've made way too many (laughs) many mistakes uh, every day, it's it's a new thing we've kind of uh, maybe shouldn't have done, or we ended up investing in an area that didn't turn out. Yep. Um What I, I think at the beginning, the biggest challenge in the SEO SEO space in general, and we're getting away from that, but it's taken us a few years. Is traditionally, if you're if it's your firm, one is like kind of moving from that initial being a freelancer to having your own business yep. that's one that's one pain point um you're doing everything people are messaging you at you know two in the morning five in the morning they're throwing stuff at you and and the requests that i was getting uh when i started out yeah ultimately nothing to do with seo it was like it might be like it related issues or some technical thing on the website that you know but you know beyond the scope or something i couldn't handle but Uh, For me, being so customer focused and doing whatever I can, you know, I was kind of fixing everything. I was making recommendations on things that maybe weren't associated with SEO. So that brings on a whole bunch of other challenges because then you get wrapped in and looped into all these different projects that you're not necessarily getting paid for. Um, So that was one of the things I noticed as a freelancer at the beginning um, and learning how to kind of manage the scope of work um when to say no which is still a problem today uh with me and that's kind of created some some issues and a lot of extra work on my end and then making that adjustment from a freelancer to um a business you're still the guy and you're still kind of the ultimately everything flows through you at that point um but there, there's challenges with that even like my, my original clients still see me as that kind of freelancer and that go-to and it's really tough. How do you balance? Like you don't want to hand, ever hand off a client um, ultimately. Um, but it's kind of managing that that process there. So that's been a lot. That's been the challenge as well as we grow. Um, but it, it's getting better as we kind of put the right processes in place. We put the team in place um, and kind of have our our team working directly with the clients it it, it becomes much more manageable there but yeah, yeah we've made a lot of a lot of mistakes kind of like i said adjusting from you know freelancer to a company and then now we're kind of in that next phase where we're trying to transition more into like a tech focused platform um and each step of the way there's so many challenges and there's so many things we've done wrong we've kind of guessed what what people are looking for versus maybe getting their feedback um yeah, yeah that's, I, I think, some of the things we've gone
0: through. Yeah, every every entrepreneur has these stories, right? And it's great to hear firsthand, because uh, everyone see, sees these entrepreneurs as someone they always want to be, right? And it's never as easy as it looks and sounds. Everyone just sees you at that pivotal point where you're now speaking, or now you have a book, or you're running the successful agency or business, right? But they don't understand that it took you like 10, 20 years to get to where you are, right? Um, It's very similar to like a sports analogy, right? Like we're big basketball fans. They start when they're young preteens, right? Like young kids, every day they commit, train, focus, right? Dedicate their livelihood to get to that pivotal stage of, you know, whatever college hoops or NBA, right? Like, it's the same thing as being an entrepreneur. Not everyone makes it, right? And it's great to hear that you're, you're now successful and you're, you're growing your agency. Um, advice, um, if you had some advice that you can give uh, to people that are maybe just starting off or um, that's been in it for a couple years and they don't know and they're stuck, what would you give them in terms of advice?
1: Well there's a few things I think the one question I get a lot and it kind of speaks to your entrepreneur point where everyone wants to be an entrepreneur um everyone kind of sees the the positives but not the negatives of it or like they see you when you're up but not when you're down uh and we've had to injure a lot like we were you know I still work eighty to a hundred hour weeks um i'm I'm constantly like even when I'm not working I'm thinking about work it's on my mind uh you know I'm in my like early thirties and my head is, my hair is fully gray. So it's
0: <laughs> at least you have here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so everyone kind of glamorizes it and what I do get. And when people do come up to me, um, you know, maybe they're working, you know, I have a lot of friends that are in finance and accounting and, you know, they're talking about, Hey, I'm I'm going to start a tech firm or I'm doing this, or I'm going to do that. And, At some point you do have to kind of pull the rug under it, but, um, I think a lot of people want to kind of leave their jobs immediately and start a business. And I think if you can't start or grow a business while you're working full time, um, I think that's a great training exercise for, can you make it as an entrepreneur, can you make it where, you know what I have, I'm working eight or nine hours a day at my full time job. Am I able to come home at five? Be motivated to work till two in the morning get a few hours sleep and then um, go back to my full-time job and i think if that's if you're not able to do that or you're kind of making ex- excuses for you know I, I can't do this if i worked on my project full-time even much more successful maybe that's true but i think having to go through those difficulties and those challenges at the beginning uh are a great way to test the waters and see is this for me um because once you kind of are full time with no backstop, like as an entrepreneur, if we lose a client or, you know, expenses are too high, like you have to make tough decisions and maybe you have to work overtime. Maybe you have to work till two in the morning, just to scramble and make sure that um, you're making ends meet.
0: No, these are great uh, tips and advice that you're giving because, you know, I hear so many people that, they always want to be a business owner, right? They, they think it's so easy and he, they have no idea where working for someone else is a cakewalk, right? Because you, you can tap in at nine and leave at five or six and that's it, right? Like you, could, you have all the time in the world in terms of you can have hobbies, you can go out, travel, do things that you can do, right? But as an entrepreneur, that, that freedom, doesn't exist until you're able to you know when you start scaling you have processes people in place you know different roles responsibilities like letting go is very key um and it all depends on what you want to do with your business as well right um but it's it's great that you're telling people like side hustle it um bootstrap it figure out like if your income can replace what kind of you know you're getting in terms of as a as an employee to see if it actually makes sense to leave. That makes total sense for a lot of these new starting business owners, right? Because they have no idea what they're getting into. And, you know, there's no longer benefits, (laughs) you know, all these things as a a business owner, like all these things you kind of took for granted doesn't exist anymore. You got to hustle it, figure it out on how to do it yourself. Right. So, um, Tips. I, I know you mentioned advice and tips. Um, changes. I know these are things that you uh, are really focused on, right? Like building your tech, technology, software, or systems and processes, right? Um, what has, have you seen over the last couple of years that really transformed your business and agency? And what, where do you see it going? Like, do you use technology As I I know, SEOers like we're always on different softwares and platforms all the time, reading so many blogs and information. But we're different, right, (laughs) than the average uh, business owner. So, um, what have you used that really helped your agency grow? Like, what kind of software and technology, you know, tools in
1: your so? Yeah, no, for for sure. Uh, About three years ago, we made the decision to we're going to like my largest client at the time, I spent about six months, um, breaking down everything I did for them. Okay. And you know, at the time they went from, you know, they had a few lawyers on their team to they grew, you know, 10 X, they were number one for kind of every major keyword in the space, um, across Ontario and a few other provinces that they were in. Yep. And so we knew we had a system that was working or, what I was doing was working, um, yeah. but how do you systemize that? How do you, how do you automate that? And how can you have someone else on the team, kind of handle that same work, at the same quality and level that you're doing it at? Yeah. And I was I became obsessed with that. Like, how do we productize um, SEO? So we embarked on this journey. We spent and invested a lot of money into our platform, but we built our own custom platform. Yeah. That, as you know, in SEO space, we're using you know. Ahrefs, SEMrush, uh, all these different types of APIs, and so we built a platform that kind of connected everything. It, it you know handles the weekly reporting. It handles the automated. It, it tasks out all the link building for the month. It uh, it it tasks out our entire SEO workflow for the month for each client. And one of the biggest challenges, I think, SEO on its own, it's not necessarily difficult. It's it's a lot of work. But there's so much research and there's so much um, training and, and videos out there that anyone could ultimately um, succeed at it. Where we had a problem is how do you scale an agency and how can you take, how can you kind of knowledge transfer to your team in a very kind of simple and non complex way? So for us, like as an agency, I think a lot of people, even when they're hiring an SEO firm, they're not necessarily maybe hiring the right agency. Maybe they like the person they're working with. Maybe they like the account manager. Um, But without those tight operations, um, it is really difficult to succeed. And I think even for us, there's a technology component, um, which is like the custom technology that we've built. There's also all those SEO resources out there. Like I mentioned, um, different software solutions and everything, but I mean, it really came down to how can we package that all together so anyone on our team can work on any project, can jump in, um, versus having a a more kind of account manager model where you're really reliant on that one person who's the front-facing for that organization. Um, so for us, there's not any one piece of technology or software. We've, we, we've built our own. It It connects with everything. But it's how do you take high-end SEO that's very labor-intensive and how can you scale that? Um, because even when you're hiring SEO people in general, it's it's tough to sniff out, you know, who's really passionate about this, who is, maybe they're just trying to, you know, take short, I don't know, they're trying to basically cut corners. Um, so by building really strong prof, uh, processes and workflows, that's been something we've been obsessed with and how can we add to the team? They can jump in and start working on a campaign. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but it's uh
0: no, it, it, think, it makes sense for uh, yeah. me. but I, I, I know a lot of the audience members, like you might not be familiar with like technology, the same level as we do, right? Cause we're, we're subscribing to a lot of SaaS software to help us uh, determine what strategy to implement, how to, you know, audit certain sites and figure out like, what's wrong? How do you mimic? How do you, you know, transition and change, um, you know, and pivot right quickly, because things are real time in this world that we live in. Um, And for us, it's like these little tweaks, and then mapping it out and, you know, benchmarking it and all these things are always, you know, ongoing, and one impact, one change will have detrimental impacts on other factors, right? So um, it's just interesting to hear that you're always proactive. You're always looking at the big picture on how do you automate a software so that the average consumer or your your staff, anyone you plug in can take things on, you know, at any time, right? I think the challenge there would be uh, people have different skill sets and different levels of not just desires and passion, but their strengths, right? Um, They might be introverts or extroverts or personality might be completely different. So it it might be a little bit more challenging, but it's all about the vetting of hiring as well, right? Where um, I'm not sure how large your team is, but when you get a good rhythm as to what that personality trait is that you want on board, and they're in alignment with your core values and what you want to do with your company and scale, I think that's more important in a, a grand scheme of things, um, but it, it's great to hear that you're using a lot of these technologies, creating APIs and really like seeing what you can do with it uh, to grow your business. Do do you focus on any specific platforms to really help scale your business? Like, um, besides your proprietary one, is there like certain, you know, chat ones or email ones that you kind of use like HubSpot or Trello or. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think probably like most small businesses, uh, we wouldn't be here without Slack. Um, that's a great one. Our whole team uses it. Um, even our, our software integrates with it. Yep. It's fantastic. Um and we're again I think out of the box, um it's Slack is good, but when you figure out the right processes for your agency, um it can be very productive and really help you grow and scale. Uh even even little things, we use it for a lot of um uh, we have our team announcements and people are sending jiffies all the time yeah. to each other, kind of boosting morale, um yeah. which is great anytime a task is finished it automatically goes into Slack and notifies you know, the appropriate team, whether it's the SEO team, the link building team, the content team. So it just keeps everyone in the loop. Uh, we use the channels almost religiously yeah. just to make sure, because like I said, one of the challenges as we're trying to kind of have a central team that anyone can kind of jump in and we're centralizing it, um, having really good communication is is fundamental to being able to a offer the best quality service and results for a client and also just making sure that everyone knows what's going on and everyone is kind of learning from each other constantly. So you can eventually, as we hire more people, we kind of throw them in these channels. We have a two week training program. And at that point we can, you know, quickly see what their potential is and is this going to be the right fit for our agency?
0: That's awesome. Um, In terms of like how you kind of started, right? I know um, we keep going back to that, but did you attend a lot of like networking events or how did you go about getting some of your first quick wins in terms of like new customers and how did you grow your agency? Because, um, you know, maybe a lot of these people on the the podcast are listening as how do I get started? Because that's the biggest challenge, right? How do you know to kind of quit your job or uh, know if this is it for you?
1: Yeah, I think looking back, it would be much easier now um, with the kind of knowledge I know. I w- didn't network. Uh, that's something I've never really done before. I haven't gone to conferences. And it's something I was planning on doing more in 2020. But uh, we know how that um, that ended. Um, my first clients were through referrals. And it, it if you're doing good work, uh, especially in digital marketing space, it's really tough to find Good talent. In um, SEO, I mean, I get 30, 40 emails a day from SEO <laughs> firms, all, all, all um, in specific countries um, and everywhere else in the world for that matter. Um, you know, I see those every day, they don't work. Um, and kind of like as I've grown more into this space and, you know, I'm having a conversation with you right now. Um, I'm part of a, a Slack channel traffic think tank. And as I just talk with people more in the space, I don't necessarily consider networking in the traditional sense, like, you know, going to conferences, going to presentations. Um, but just having one-on-ones with people, um, it is networking, but just having one-on-ones and just saying, Hey, I'm, I'm new to the industry. Like let's, let's chat or Hey, I can. I have some experience in the, the financial space. I know you have a finance client. Maybe I can provide some guidance and and vice versa. Um, it really helps. Like it's a it's a small community. And if you're known for doing good work and you're putting a time into it to constantly learn, um, those opportunities are going to come up naturally and more often than you expect.
0: You made a great point, Chris, where networking um, traditionally, a lot of people bring their business cards, the b and or they go to these conferences, and all they want to do is start pitching and selling, right? You made a really good point where you want to just spot out some good people and really give value, right? And get to know people on a more personal level, because if they like you, then they will actually want to help you, right? And that's what I'm all about too. Like relationships are so key in life, not just in business. And if you're someone that people know that you're actually there to help them in general and not like to get something out of it, if you know what I mean. Like people are different, right? And you know who gravitates towards being a giver versus being a taker, right? And The more you give and then this whole SEO community, we're all givers here. I feel like, you know, we're one of the smallest amount of like the the breed out there in terms of entrepreneurs that actually want to help business owners succeed. And I'm at a different point in my life and I'm not sure where you're at. But for me, it's like I want to do good. I want to help impact a lot of good people out there and I don't want to help people that are in it for themselves or they they only want money like you know I mean like that's not something I want to help and want to strive to help them succeed right so I totally get where you're coming from Chris great point um so a couple things I want to just end off here um In terms of like your, your passion now and when you kind of first started and how it's kind of transformed, what, what drives you and motivates you today?
1: For me, uh, at least on the business side, um, I love scaling. I love seeing that growth and when you're in it and you see your business, you know, whether it's, it's let's say two X year over year, three X year over year, you see things are moving without you in the middle it's such an exhilarating feeling. It's like you, you've done it, you've built it. Like, this is really your, this is your baby. And like, you're seeing it kind of grow and, and kind of spread its wings without you necessarily kind of pushing it along. And it, it's a really great feeling. I'm, and I'm always, I think I've constantly been chasing that for the better half of uh, a decade now. Um, but that's what really motivates me. Like building these processes where, the team can just come in and and take it over and then you can kind of work on the next thing. And then you, you see, you know, holistically like you've built this organic process that can kind of take on its own.
0: No, that's awesome. So in terms of like, aside from business, so let's talk no business now. Um, Some of the pillars that kind of molded you as who you are today. So growing up, did you, um, live in Toronto? Like, did you have a fam- very close family ties? Like, uh, what was your upbringing? Like,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, I grew up in Mississauga. Um, okay. my, my wife doesn't let me say that I grew up in Toronto. She calls okay. me out. She's like, no, you're on the border. It doesn't count. Cause she, <laughs> she grew up, she actually grew up. Her family is kind of located, um, right around where we're living now, uh, which is good. Has its positives there. Um, for me, I've always loved traveling. I, I really think it's it's something important that if if you can do it, um, especially when you're young, it gets. I'm sure you know what now. Having having a kid, it, it gets tougher and tougher. Um, you learn so much, and you learn so much about different people, and I think it it changes you as a person. Yep. Like you start thinking about things not just from your point of view, but from kind of everyone else's point of view, and that's played a, that's played a large part. I remember going to you know, my first trip going to Europe and I was just amazed seeing everything there, how, you know, their culture is is much different than it is here in in Canada or Toronto. And then, you know, from there going to Japan and seeing how they interact and and you're really putting a concerted effort into kind of fitting in and trying to kind of embrace it as much as the locals do. Uh, It's just, I think that's had a big impact. is Is who I am as a person, and and my wife and I were always trying to not much now, but um, whenever we have a chance, we're always trying to travel. And
0: that's amazing. I think that was
1: all. I think that was also one of the, you know, as we as we grow this business, everything we do is kind of focused around how can we make sure that we can still travel, um, we can still spend as much time together. Um, that's that's a big part, you know, having that kind of like that overall like mental health, taking those breaks. Um, And our business kind of operates in that sense, like our whole team is remote, Um, we use as much technology as possible. So everyone can still, you know, communicate and have that same sense of belonging and collectiveness and loyalty at the company. Um, And that helps us meet our kind of like our own personal goals, you know, travel, spending time together, uh, and, and just kind of spending time with friends and family.
0: That's amazing because that's what life is about, right? Like during times of crisis, um, you know, business takes, you know, the side, it goes behind and not as focused as what's really important in life, right? Your family, your friends, your relationships, um, people, right? You surround yourself in shelter, of course. So staying safe during this COVID uh, 19, uh, you know, new reality and norm that we're living in today. Um, so, I, i guess you you mentioned your your husband uh you live in toronto right now um health family um business is there anything else that really resonates with you and where you want to take yourself like what kind of impact and legacy do you want to actually have in your life because as an entrepreneur it's great to hear about these stories of when you're starting or if you've been doing it for five or ten years but do you, cause do you see yourself doing this for the next 10, 20, 30 years, or do you want to kind of slow down and kind of, you know, take it in easy afterwards?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think about that all the time. Uh, yeah. What's going to come next. I think as an entrepreneur, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I can't imagine not being an entrepreneur. I can't imagine having, like, even now I feel guilty when I take a day off, like, oh, I could be doing this. I could be doing this. Like, oh, what about this? Um, and I think, you know, ultimately when, you know, it comes to the next stage of our lives or, you know, we exit out of this business, um, I can't imagine not having, not doing something. I think I'd be restless. Yeah. I'm always trying to find something and I'm always trying to find new projects yeah. and all these different make work things, which isn't always the best. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I see, you know, after this right now, I mean, we're, we're enjoying where we're at with this business and we're growing it. Um, but again, at the end of the day, I think we have, we have other passions that are near and dear to us. Like I'm, I really like, I, I think with, with COVID and seeing everything that's going on, like what we're doing to the environment, seeing the the beneficial kind of impacts of COVID with, with pollution down, um, and everything else that comes with that, like we're, we're seeing some benefits environmentally and I'd like to continue, um, you know, after COVID or after we exit this business kind of do more charitable initiatives, something that can make a real difference in different communities.
0: Yeah, Um, I think that's amazing. And that's what I think people kind of gravitate towards after they kind of have everything they want. Right. And, you know, it's, it's different and it's a different life after you kind of feel like you've done what you can Right. Um, so it, it's great to hear. And, um, you know, in terms of like community wise, I know you live in Toronto and you're a big Raptors fan. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> uh, yeah. is there a certain, uh, team that you really gravitate towards? Or?
1: I was, uh, I was a season ticket holder for about four years okay. for the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, I got rid of the I was splitting with a friend who moved to Calgary uh last year. Okay. So I didn't have tickets. Oh no. <laughs> oh are you and kidding me? <laughs> oh, I think about that all the time. I think about uh You, you should know, have get, just ate it up. And, oh.
0: <laughs> so I've been a season ticket holder for over fifteen years. And last oh, wow. year um was obviously like the best season ever. Um And I couldn't miss any game. Uh, And usually I'm like all about playoffs, right? So during that month, everything goes behind, like business kind of slows down because I'm not really as focused um, because you know, you're a big fan, right? And it's the one (laughs) time that Raptors actually was able to make something happen. So uh, I'm glad that the NBA season will be kickstarting next month or, you know, early August and we'll see what happens, right?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Really excited for that.
0: But now that I know you're local, we'll go to a game. We'll catch something for sure. Oh, awesome. Uh, so tell, tell some of the listeners how they can get a hold of your business, uh, connect with you on a more personal level. Like do you have any social handles?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, everything's on the website, uh, myseosex.com. Uh, and, and, and like you said, for me, I love what I do um i love seo i'm passionate about marketing and i'm always looking to like to help people who want to get into the space i think the more people you can have relationships with in this space it's going to help you it's going to help them it's going to help the community in general and my email is on the website um but yeah get get in contact with me shoot me an email if you want to like meet up have a chat um i guess we can't really do coffee or or lunch right now but um happy to jump on a Zoom meeting. Um, happy to, you know, you know, share any wisdom or you know, help in some way. Awesome. Well thanks a lot, Chris. It was great to get to know you. Um
0: we'll definitely get together once this this virus kinda subsides, um and we'll go for a game for sure. Um yeah, I really absolutely. appreciate your time and uh, thanks a lot for all the insights and wisdom that you provided to some of the audience.
1: Yeah, my pleasure, John. Thanks very much.
0: Thank you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to Local SEO today
1: and tune in to our next episode.